Hey, you're listening to episode 204, and today we're chatting about how to get over your struggles with binging, how to figure out how to live in a body you feel comfortable in, a body you feel like is truly working for you and with you, alongside you really, how to stop binge eating on keto, the three steps about how to end this unhealthy pattern that takes control of your life, talking about deprivation and why it's a trigger to everything and so much more. Our takeover guest today is Amber McKenzie. If you have questions about today's content, you can go over to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. You can catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes from today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com. And if after listening to today's episode, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I know I need help with this, but I can't even head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash whole. That's W-H-O-L-E. I'd love to help you out. I came up with a 21 step guide and process really of ditching this deprivation cycle so that you can live your best life now. And it's a process that I went through a couple of years ago. I've had so much success with it in honoring myself and my body. And again, you can find it at healthfulpursuit.com slash whole. So I definitely have a history of binging And my relationship to binging has changed, especially recently, but I go in and out of it. I think having a, at least for me, a positive relationship with this and knowing that whether I binge or not doesn't make me a bad person. I just maybe have more wounds and things that I need to work through is so, so important. And It's been uh, three years, two years this October. See, this is how much it really doesn't matter to me anymore. I think it's been two years. No, three. It's totally three. Three years this October, this past October, um, that I have not experienced binge purge tendencies or bulimia in many, many years uh, for the other uh, eating disorders that I experienced. But I think... Making sure that we're all talking about this, especially in the keto community or even any diet centric community. Like, I'm not like, yo, do keto, bro. Like, that's never been my style. And especially over the last couple of years, like, I legit don't care. I choose to eat more fat because it makes me feel good. Am I in ketosis all the time? No. Do I need to be? No. Do you need to be? I don't know. Like, it's all individual. So it's really important that you understand that. And It's very important that we talk about this topic. Episode 196 and 186 of this podcast are really powerful episodes too, if you enjoy this sort of topic. And if you want to hear more about this or you enjoy the fact that we talk about deprivation and restriction and how to have a better relationship with your body while following a ketogenic diet or not, I feel like many of you don't follow keto and that's totally cool. You can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash review. Leave a review for the show. Whatever player you're listening to, head on over there, leave a review, go to healthfulpursuit.com slash review, leave a review. It just helps me a whole lot and helps other people find the show for this very reason. And I think there are so many different shows popping up now that it's hard to know what to follow. And I really appreciate that many of you have taken like one to two minutes out of your day to just leave a review so that other people, when they search for those things that you've written, end up finding me, my message, and hopefully they will benefit from it as well. Um, Okay, let's do this thing. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel, and you're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've put together a free 21-page guide on achieving weight loss on your keto diet if nothing is working. 
Did you know imbalanced hormones are generally at the core of all struggles that women face when it comes to our weight? Grab your free guide at ketoforwomen.com to get the steps you need to overcome the hurdles standing in your way. Thanks so much for listening and let's get started with the show. Hey, the Keto Diet Podcast. I'm Amber and I'm taking over today. I'm so stoked to be here with all of you and we are going to talk about how to stop binge eating. Oh my God, this is something I struggled with for at least maybe seven, if not 10 years of my life. And the truth is I was probably even binge eating before I knew that it was called binge eating. It wasn't uncommon for there to be a candy dish on the counter in my house and just eat it uncontrollably really fast until everything was gone and then head to the pantry. Now I was a kid, so I didn't know that was probably binge eating, but nevertheless, it was a problem for a long time in my life. So a little bit about me. So I have a speaker. I have taught over 150 live workshops. I have a podcast called Breaking Up With Yo-Yo Dieting. And a very common topic is ending binge eating somehow or another. And I'm an author of a book as well. I coach clients to figure out how can you figure out a way to live in the body that you feel the best in, that you feel the most comfortable. So let's dive into that today. How can I help you to live in a body that you love, that you feel like this is truly working for me? So today it's all about how to stop that binge eating. So I'm going to take you back to a former version in Amber's life. It was uh, in the early 2000s, we'll say. And I know this because I was driving my maroon Corsica. I think it was in 1990. It was maroon exterior and the interior. The seats were like a matching same color. So was the dash and the steering wheel. Everything about it was maroon. And I was driving through the backcountry roads on my way to Spruce Meadows, which is a place where you jump horses in Calgary. And I remember just looking out my window and seeing the bright green grass and the sun shining overhead and looking outside and promising myself. It was almost like it felt like God was shining down on me. I'm not a religious person, but every once in a while in those places of desperation, I would turn and I would pray because I was begging to not ever ever binge eat again. And I remember I had just finished in my maroon car inside and out, like gobbling down a thing of licorice, which ironically probably matched the color of my car. And I don't remember what I had before the licorice, but I know there was certainly something before that because I was uncomfortably full. My stomach was distended and just this feeling of heaviness in my body and loathing and wondering what was wrong with me. And in that moment, I remember sitting at the intersection across the highway road, just really vowing, I'm never going to do this again. And this little voice in my head crept in and kind of frowned and in this evil way said, you know, you're going to do this again. Like, you know, you can't stop this. And it was deflating, like all the air came out of me. And even though that sunlight was shining overhead, it felt like there was a dark road ahead of me. And there certainly, certainly was. And it took me a long time to overcome the, you know, the zombie-like trance that would come over me when I was just putting food in my mouth and couldn't stop. It took me a long time to stop driving to the 7-Eleven to get food that wasn't going to serve me. It took me a long time 
time to overcome this. And I hope by listening to Leanne's podcast or my podcast or other things like this, that you do not have to go through all the trial and error that I did. So we're going to talk about three things in particular today that lead to binge eating and then how to overcome them. So those three things are under eating, they're not eating balanced and alcohol. Because those are three things that, well, in literature, definitely talks about those are three things that are going to lead to a binge or lead you vulnerable to potentially leading to a binge. And those are three things that happened all along my story. Today's episode continues after this short message from one of my sponsors who make the show possible, plus give you some great deals on my favorite things. Get a healthy dose of fat with F-Bomb Nut Butter Packets filled with high-quality fats. Each single-serve packet is keto-friendly, no-sugar, non-GMO, gluten-free, dairy-free, peanut-free, and vegan. And they won't blow up in your purse like the other packets that we've all tried. Just pure fats in an easy-tear packet. Listeners of the podcast get this exclusive epic deal that you won't want to miss. Buy any two 10-packs of F-Bomb Nut Butter Packets and get a free 10-pack of F-Bomb Premium Oil of your choice. Go to healthfulpursuit.com slash F-Bomb and use the code LEANNEFREE, that's L-E-A-N-N-E-F-R-E-E, all in caps, no spaces, to choose two nut butters, then get a free 10-pack of oil. Choose from MCT, olive, avocado, coconut, or macadamia nut oil. You'll love the convenience of taking healthful oils with you on the go. No more inflammatory oils on your takeout salads or warm meals. Just rip into one of the oil packets and away you go. Again, that's healthfulpursuit.com slash F-bomb and use the code LeanneFree. So let's dive in to number one. So here's the thing. It doesn't matter if you are a normal eater, if you're eating keto, if you're eating paleo, if you're eating carnivore, if you're doing the Atkins diet, if you are doing isogenics, if you're doing Herbalife, it doesn't matter what diet you're doing. But what is certain is if you deprive yourself too much, like there's a certain level of deprivation that most of us can do for a period of time. But if you start to deprive yourself too much, that will lead to binge eating. So one of my favorite studies that really helped me was when I was first introduced to the Minnesota starvation experiment, also known as the key study. What is this? The starvation study? Who would volunteer to starve? Well, hey, apparently there was over 400 applications to be part of this study. I think I want to starve. Okay. But 36 men were selected. 36 men were selected in a study to actually starve themselves. So this gives us so much great context, so much information to help us understand what happens to our human bodies when we go through deprivation. So back in 1944, 36 men were placed on a standardization of their calories. So they started eating for 12 weeks, a certain amount. Then the researcher basically cut that amount of calories in half, feeding the men about 1,570 calories per day for the duration of the experiment. Now, this was apparently a carbohydrate-rich and poor-protein diet. So, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of variables that led to some of the things that were going on, but we know that there was some degree of, you know, they were looking at malnutrition and how come people were starving after the war. So now we can kind of see why the diet looks like this. 
So what happened is these 36 men, they'd undergone psychological evaluations. There was nothing wrong with them. They started doing predictable things with food. So although most of the men made it through the period where they had to restrict their food, they became obsessed with looking at pictures of food or looking at recipes, almost looking at food like it was pornography. And they used to be men that were like, had hobbies, had interests, cared about politics, and they started to not care about anything except for the food recipes. And I don't know about you, but I definitely can remember being on diets in the past or just trying to reduce my caloric intake and then just scrolling through Pinterest and looking at all the things I could eat when I had lost my weight or something like that. And I so relate to getting obsessed with food. What happened to these men is mealtimes were the highlights of their day. And Oh, I relate to that too. In periods where I'd be on a calorie reduced diet and like depriving and then it was food time. And it was like, I remember I did HCG diet once. I do not recommend it, but I had done it at a period in my life. And the reason I don't recommend it is because of too much deprivation and exactly this happening. I remember eating my 200 grams of cabbage with my hundred grams of shrimp or something like that. And just thinking that was the best food in the world and like trying to prolong that eating experience and making it soupy. Like I would put water and a little bit of coconut aminos and a little bit of soup broth to just try to make it last because that was the highlight because I was so hungry. And that's what these men did too. They tried to make their food more soupy so they could make it last. Now, this is a sign, friends, that we are under eating so much so that we're trying to extend this food. And so they did other things. They did things like seeking out gum or more coffee to just try to make it through the day. So I know if I think back to my days being on too much of a calorie reduced diet, uh huh, or like just trying to make it through the day doing things like that, it might work for a period of time, but it was never sustainable. So while most of the men made it to the end of the calorie reduced diet phase, the real we'll call it binge eating, although for them it made sense. And here's the thing for most of us, binge eating makes sense if we are depriving. What happened to them, interestingly enough, is once that deprivation phase was over, so they started increasing their calories at small increments, and eventually they went in to this unrestricted phase where suddenly the men were eating 5,000 calories about on average per day. And sometimes they would feast to over 11,000 calories a day. Does that sound like a binge to you? Because it certainly sounds like one to me. So how I've begun to make sense of this is your body when you're starving, it does not know there's a grocery store around the corner or cookies in the fridge or, hey, even a healthy meal in the fridge. All it thinks is I am starving. And then when there is food available and finally, finally you give yourself permission, it's like, yeah, I'm going to eat all the things because just in case you don't feed me again, I need to be stocked up for the winter because apparently the winter is cold and long and dark and you're not going to feed me. So it makes so much sense that the body has to recover. It needs to take in nutrients. And so if you've been overly restricting and you're starting to go be like, hmm, 
interesting. This doesn't mean you need to go and, uh, you know, like abandon ship and give up whatever you're doing. But maybe it's that honest conversation with yourself about maybe you need one to 200 extra calories per day, or maybe you need to schedule in some refeeds. So you're not starving. Maybe that's a consult with a dietitian or a nutritionist to make sure your just basic human food needs are met. So you can stop doing stuff with food that doesn't help you. I mean, also with binge eating, it can can get severe enough to the point where you should be working with a therapist. Not everybody needs to, but there's definitely times where working with a healthcare professional is going to be necessary. So when it comes to making sure that you're not under eating, if you don't want to consult a healthcare professional, there's a couple things you can do. The first thing is just making sure you're eating regularly. And that could be breakfast, you know, optional morning snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack. So the key is, and I know this isn't popular if we think of like fasting can be all the rage, but if you're fasting and you're binge eating, just, Hey, maybe you're setting yourself up. So maybe for a period of time, like just try and experiment and see what if I stop fasting just to see if I could level out my eating. So it's that regular eating, eating whatever you want, breakfast, optional snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack. And if it's keto, that's great. Just having it at regular intervals so that you are eating in the way that feels good for you. And so in this, I'm saying keto because this is the keto podcast. So I'm assuming most of you listening are ketogenic. If you're not, then hey, do whatever works for you. But making sure whatever our diets are, we're checking with our healthcare providers to make sure they're the right thing for us. Okay, so the first thing that we talked about here was being careful to not undereat, at least restrict too much or for too long, because the Minnesota starvation experiment clearly, clearly illustrates what happens when we undereat. Now, I don't know about you, but I have gone through periods where I have binge ate like eaten what I felt like was everything. I'm sure I've hit that 11,000 calorie mark. And after doing it, laying in bed that night, looking up at my ceiling in the dark, feeling heavy with my stomach distended and vowing, I will never do that again. And tomorrow I'm not going to eat. And then I'd wake up the next morning, full, but also hungry. And the food would be calling And I was so confused about why the food was still calling. But nevertheless, to stop that cycle, we have to work on eating. Because I would then say to myself, okay, Amber, you're just going to drink coffee. What the guys did in the study, just saying. I'm exactly like them, apparently. And I would say to myself, okay, Amber, you're just going to drink coffee. And you're only going to drink coffee all throughout the day. And I would make it till like three. And then I would binge eat all over again. I didn't understand how I was getting in my own way. I hope you're really enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. Snap a pic and tag me at Healthful Pursuit or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. So the next thing that we're going to talk about after, you know, eating regularly is eating balanced. And so eating balanced in whatever, you know, nutrition way that you ascribe to, but making sure it's generally balanced. And there's a few things to consider when we're getting in balanced food. So a lot of people 
or at least I didn't, I didn't eat balanced growing up. It wasn't com- It was common for me to eat like cornflakes for breakfast, a bagel for snack, a bagel for lunch, a granola bar for afternoon snack and pasta for dinner. It was all carbs. So very opposite of keto, obviously. But what I then also learned was my body got hungry for carbs. And whenever I tried to do things, I've tried to do things that didn't allow for carbohydrates in my diet. And, and then I'd go back to times where I just ate all the carbohydrates because I thought, I just can't not eat them. They call me. So there's a few things to recognize what's happening, especially if we're eating a lot of carbohydrates when we don't mean to be, or if you're binging on other things that aren't carbohydrates and you just want to understand what that could be. So most of the time when people binge eat, regardless of what kind of nutritional plan they're trying to follow. So it could be vegan, it could be keto, it could be paleo, it could be isogenics, it could be Herbalife. Like I said, it could be any of these things. It could be just a balanced way of eating when you're not following anything. When people binge eat, very often they're going for the hit that lights up their brain. They're going for that dopamine reward that goes, mm-hmm, this feels indescribably wonderful. So very often when people stray from whatever their way of eating that feels good for them is to binge eating, they're eating foods that are carbohydrate rich. So those are usually things like cookies and cakes and bread and pancakes and bagels. Sometimes they're things that are carbohydrate and fat rich, and sometimes they're fat rich. But the carbohydrate flour things or sugar things tend to be more what people binge eat than the the fat varieties, but people still will binge eat on the fat varieties. And if you're hungry enough, you can binge eat on vegetables. So really when your body is starving enough, it doesn't really discriminate, but very often it's going for the highest reward value and the highest reward value are sugars and flours. So very often people will talk about peanut butter being something that feels dangerous to them or like all of the bread type objects I just described. Now, that isn't to say I haven't met people that will binge eat and they'll end up with chips or they'll end up with whatever is in their fridge. They're like, I don't know how I just ate that much bacon. But nevertheless, it is more difficult to binge eat on lean meats and more difficult to binge eat on vegetables, although it can still happen. So what on earth is balance? So balance can be different for each kind of nutritional system that a person uses to fuel their body. But let's talk about balanced eating, hungerfulness. So say you sit down at dinner. So the other night I went for dinner and I went to the keg and I had the greatest meal. I was super hungry and I ordered a steak with a side of vegetables and my steak was done perfectly when I got it. I cut into it. It was just mouthwateringly delicious with every bite. And I couldn't have been more delighted that I went to the keg. The keg, I feel like nails it a lot of the time for me. So I'm there, I'm eating, I've got my steak, it's got some butter, I've got my vegetables, and I'm feeling great about the meal that I've had. So this curbs my hunger and I feel satiated by the end of the meal. My tummy is no longer rumbling and I do not want more. That's great. That's how I want to feel, right? Like I'm full and I don't want more. Perfect. It's like that intuitive eating thing. But I remember back in those binge eating days, I could not tune in to my hungerfulness. I had no clue. It was like I would eat and eat and eat and eat. And even though my stomach was puffed out, 
I was hungry. How does that even work? So I encourage you to think if you're binge eating, hmm, what are you binge eating on? So if we're binge eating on things and we're not getting balanced macronutrients to some degree in our tummies, we're going to want more because it's looking for signals for certain foods to say, Hey, guess what? You're done. So when we're eating just one thing at a time, sometimes we don't get that balanced signal overall that we've had enough. And so we want to make sure that we have some balance of the different macro and micronutrients so that our bodies are getting the cues. You have had enough to eat and now I can stop eating. So we want to work with our bodies and the more we can work with our bodies, the better we're going to do. And so just making sure when you're sitting down to eat, you're getting in more than one of the macronutrients. So the macronutrients are carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. And if you're on a ketogenic diet, you're probably having less of the carbohydrates, but a balance between the fats and the proteins is going to help. And especially if you're looking for fullness, that, that combination of fat plus fiber and protein, that's really going to help. And if you want it to feel even better, fat plus fiber plus greens plus protein is something that is going to really help with satiation. So if you can play with that and see what feels good to you, that is a great way to bring your blood sugar into balance if you have been binge eating or if you're trying to put off binge eating. So what happens sometimes when we binge eat, oh my gosh, and this would happen to me, I'd be eating balanced, eating balanced, eating balanced, being like, yeah, crushing it, yeah, crushing it, yeah, crushing it. And I'd go to a party, for example, it's always eating out that would get me. And someone would give me a piece of cake and be like, oh, no, thank you. I'm eating in this way. I'm not eating cake. And they'd be like, oh, come on, but it's carrot. Carrots are healthy. And even though I wasn't eating cake or whatever at that time, eventually I would just feel bad and I would, or something. And then I would eat the cake. And because I ate the cake, then I would have this thought that would go like, oh, you screwed up. So you might as well eat more cake. So then I would have not just the one piece of cake, but like five. Yeah, because that was the kind of binge eater I was. Wasn't two, it was probably five. But then what started to happen is so the hormone insulin, I would get too much insulin basically produced in my body when I would eat. So when you eat carbohydrates, you get a little bit, you get insulin that's going to help to basically move things around in your body. So basically it allows the pancreas it's secreted by the pancreas and it's going to allow your cells to take in glucose, which is blood sugar for energy storage. So but then what can happen is if you eat just too much of the sugary foods, it leaves you unbalanced and your blood sugar rises quickly and then falls and leaves you really high in insulin. When you're really high in insulin, you know what happens? Uh-oh. It can just make you crave more and crave more. So I'd be eating really good following a plan that worked for me. And then all of a sudden, it was like I would have that one thing that was off plan. And I think, oh my God, because you had that thing, it's off plan. Now you need to have five. And then I'd have all this insulin flowing through my body and I'd be craving foods and be super hungry, even though I wasn't hungry and I just wanted more. And so what I had to realize is say sometimes you're still eating in a certain way, unless you know it's prescribed by your doctor. So ketogenic sometimes, for example, I know is prescribed by physicians to monitor health conditions and should be followed strictly. If that isn't you and you're offered the cake and you have an oopsie sometimes cake, then it's, you know, that mental shift instead of going, ah, now I need to eat five to just remembering what's going to happen in your body. If you eat five, this is going to change what's happening with your hormones in your body and leave you wanting 
more and it's going to leave you hungry and it's going to leave your blood sugar like all feeling cray cray. So if you accidentally have a treat that you didn't mean to have, or maybe you intentionally plan to have a treat or something off plan, then just really knowing like, Hey, if I eat this in a balanced way, so if I have that cake and I also have it with my balanced meal that I typically have, that's going to be easier for my system to process than if I just eat cake. And so really recognizing what happens in our body and finding a way to eat balanced for us to keep our blood sugar stable and our insulin within the range it likes to be, this is really going to help us stop that binge eating cycle. Today's episode continues after this short message from one of my sponsors who make the show possible, plus give you some great deals on my favorite things. I don't think I can do the ketogenic diet because I love wine. This is the statement that so, so, so many women have told me. And my answer is always, but have you heard of Dry Farm Wines? They're the only wine club that offers zero sugar wines. This means that you can have a glass or two maybe three, and it won't affect your ketones. All of their wines are sourced from small sustainable farms. They're natural, organic, low in alcohol, have zero additives, zero carbs. And when you order by going to healthfulpursuit.com slash wine, you're going to get an extra bottle of wine for a penny in your first order. Again, that's healthfulpursuit.com slash wine. And if you're unsure of the link, simply check out today's show notes for all the details. Okay. So we've talked so far about making sure you actually eat and not starving yourself. We've talked about balanced eating. And like I said, balanced eating can look different for different people, depending on what way of eating you're working with. But just really check in, make sure it's working for you, make sure your body is fueled and it feels good and listen to your hunger fullness cues. I know that is so hard, but just start to tune in. I mean, I heard Eve Lahijani, she has a TED talk. Um, it talks about eating. I don't remember what the exact title of the TED talk is, but she gives this amazing analogy that I heard and it's so good. She talks about how we all go to the bathroom. We know we have to go to the bathroom for the most part part. We can feel the pressure on our bladders and we go, Hey, I have to go to the bathroom. And then most of us go, (laughs) we're not like, Hmm, my bladder's full. I think I'm going to hold it for another hour unless you're in the car or something. But most of us go when our bladder is actually full. And so what I encourage you to think about is there is all these cues in your body that let you know what you need. And I used to be so disconnected from my body and I had no idea when it was hungry or full. I had no idea if it wanted fats or proteins or even a little bit of carbs. I had no clue until I really started to tune in and figured out how different foods made me feel and started to balance them in a way that was really aligned with the way that made me feel the best. Okay. So the last thing that we are going to talk about today is alcohol. So alcohol is a funny one. It's out there with a lot of people. It's out there a lot of the time. So much of my social life revolves around alcohol and people want to have a drink. And sometimes I want to have a drink, but I had my first, I don't know if 
I have a very vivid memory of binge eating on alcohol and I hadn't been binge eating. In fact, I was, you know, I was 18 years old and I was in Cabo with six people and we were sharing this timeshare. And I remember being so, so excited to be away. I think it was really my first trip without my parents. And we had all had a bit too much to drink. And there was a corner store, I guess, across the street. So we were in this grand hotel with our beautiful timeshare. And across the street, there was like this small, dingy, some cardboard walls corner store. But we went over there at like two o'clock in the morning and got craft dinner and cheese. And I honestly don't even remember what else we got. And we walked back through our grand hotel into our beautiful room and just made craft dinner and other things on the stove in our room. And I remember just eating it and eating it and eating it and making more than one box of this craft dinner because it was all I wanted. <laughs> That's all I remember. And until then, I had been eating, you know, a bit more reduced because I was going on this vacation and I was 18 and that's what I thought I needed to do. But when our inhibitions are down, we're just more likely to make choices like, sure, I think three boxes of white craft dinner seems like an awesome choice for me today. And hey, maybe craft dinner for you is a sometimes food, but usually not three boxes for most people. So when we're intoxicated, this lowers our inhibitions, lowers our inhibitions to all sorts of things. It can lower our inhibitions to doing things like dancing on tables, and it can lower our inhibitions to eating food. It's just one of those things. So a big strategy that I had to figure out around alcohol, because, hey, from time to time, this girl wants to have a drink, was I had to have predictable, planned snacks I'd be eating while I was out and predictable planned snacks for when I got home. Because even years after I got my binge eating sorted out, I was living in this body that was super lean and I felt great in it had so much energy, like basically just like walking around being like, yeah, I'm living life. This is awesome. I mean, right now you can't see me, but I'm like literally doing a shoulder head bob thing because that's how I felt. Just like good, like good and alive in my own skin. And that was so important for me to figure out. Now, sometimes though, even though most of the time I lived this way, one of the biggest places I would struggle was after a night having a couple drinks. It could be two drinks, three drinks, four drinks, even five drinks. And I would start to deviate from the way of eating and that felt great for me. So what I needed to do was I worked with my coach a little bit and we figured out some great things that I could have either while I was out and when I got home. So I created like a safe list of the stuff that was going to be good for me. And sometimes it was like treat-esque for me, not always treat, but sometimes because I was intoxicated, I wanted treat things. So I had to find things that really worked for me. And I'll just tell you one of mine. It's not the most delicious thing, <laughs> but it's something that I... I like. So I use just protein powder. I mix it with a little bit of water, pop it in the microwave. And then I put about a tablespoon of peanut butter and let it melt on top of my chocolate, usually protein powder. And although that is not the most delicious treat thing for some people, for whatever reason, for me at the end of a night, that feels like a bit of a delicious treat. I don't know why, but it does. 
So I have that often, but it can be so many things. I'm, you know, I'm known for having protein bars in my purse when I'm out or just whether it's having another little meal when I get home pre-made in a Tupperware for me. And it's something simple, like quite often it's ground turkey with some cheese and some veggies. And I just pop that in the microwave when I get home. And that's what I have is something that's satiating me, filling me. And whenever I melt cheese on anything, it makes me feel like, I don't know, comforted. So that's why I melt the cheese on it when I get home. Well, I melt cheese on things a lot of times, but if I've been drinking when I get home. So I think the big thing here is for binge eating, it's really listening to your body and making sure it's fed and it's nourished and you're getting in a balance of what your needs are for your body, given whatever you're following that's going to meet your optimal health and really making sure you're getting in a way that makes sense to you, given your life that your doctor approves of, and then making a great plan. So not letting yourself go too hungry, eating balanced and and eating adequately after you've been drinking, all of these things require planning. And I love this saying, prior proper planning prevents piss poor performance. (laughs) Good, right? Yeah, I'm going to say it again for you. Prior proper planning prevents piss poor performance. I love that. Yes. Okay. So for things like making sure I'm nourished, I'm not under eating, making sure I'm eating balanced and preventing that binge eating if I've had a drink, all of those things require a plan. And I'm years now into mostly living in a body I feel comfortable in. I'm years now into, you know, having a lot of freedom around food. But what I've learned is to have this, I have to do some degree of planning. And at the start, it was a bit more planning heavy. But now I intuitively make those choices on a whim that I used to have to like almost will myself to make before. And so no matter where you are in your journey, I know that sometimes making plans is hard, but if you're listening to this episode and you're like, oh, maybe I do some of this binge eating, there are some solutions here. And this is something that we so incredibly can work through. Absolutely. There are so many tweaks and itty bitty changes that can make all of the difference. And, you know, it can be so small sometimes what we need to stop the binge eating, but just being willing to make a plan to allow yourself to be stable can just be everything. And if you are really stuck and you're really having a hard time working with either a dietitian, a therapist, a physician, or a combination can be incredibly helpful just to stabilize your eating so that you can feel good and feel alive and not be obsessed or afraid of food. Because you know what? Food is necessary for life. And heck, even sometimes it's pleasurable. So those are my three things that I wanted to talk to you about today. And you know how I started you off with the story of the car? On that beautiful day, the sun was shining. And I remember thinking, I'm trapped. Like, I know I'm vowing to never do this again, but I feel so trapped. And all I wanted was to feel comfortable in my clothes, comfortable in my skin. And today, as I'm looking out my balcony and the sun is just shining in and fluttering on my face, I just feel so free. And I know that is possible. I know it's possible for everybody out there and it might take hard work. And gosh, I have been, I've certainly not been perfect. I've had lots of oopsies and mistakes and slips. And so if you've made them, that's okay. Just get right back to what is going to work for you. 
And don't forget, if you need help, get some help sometimes. That's okay too. I've needed help so many times along this journey. So keep doing the best you can. I love Leanne. She's so amazing. And so is her podcast. And she just dishes out so much information. So I hope you're loving her podcast. If you want to check me out, head over to the Breaking Up With Yo-Yo Dieting podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at Breaking Up With Yo-Yo Dieting. And if you enjoyed this episode, tag it in your Instagram stories and tag me. I look forward to hearing what you thought. Such a great episode, right? Oh, so juicy. I hope you really enjoyed it. Next up on the podcast, Wednesday, November 13th, we have episode 205. I'm going to be chatting all about Thanksgiving and Christmas on keto. Sunday, November 17th is episode 206. And I'm going to be chatting about, well, rather answering all your questions about how I use CBD, fasting and macro calculations, hysterectomies. Oh my gosh, so many things. I look forward to chatting with you then and have a great rest of your day. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor should it be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.